Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. What's up, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans? This is Alan Bishop of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. You may know me better as Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest, but if you're at all interested in the Fortean, High Strangeness, the Paranormal, and the Unexplained, then you should tune into my new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything, available now wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify, Google Podcast and Amazon. Distillery today with right. with uh, Jim Hoff and uh, you guys do the introductions with everybody else. I'm Ellen Hoff, mom. I'm uh, Kevin Hoff, the youngest son. And I'm Rob Hoff. Welcome, brother. Welcome. Well, well, wait, wait. We'll, we'll welcome ourselves. Me and Roxy are here. They've well, taking us taking us in at their distillery. We're upstairs in the. The awesome room. The founders, founders room. room. Founders room. Yes. Yes. And there's and all of their single barrels and their other past things are here with us. So that's it's a one museum. Of the, yes. Yes. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Kenny Fuller of the Luca Mariano Old Americana Band for doing our theme song. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a guy, uh, uh, one of the guys that uh, in our area that kind of was like a local podcaster too, and we kind of. Got a, we, we kind of at first were kind of cool and then we weren't, but then we kind of buried the hatchet and then he came up to me at at the Bourbon Festival and he's like, he's like, damn man, that theme song you're going, it's so catchy. So obviously he listens to what but he sees us what we do and I, I have to admit sometimes I really think that that theme song is on a level of better than. Way better than any podcast I've ever done, but we're we're getting we're getting there. Now I will tell you, we did bring the bourbon balls 
for you guys to sample. Oh, and I, I and one yeah, of my wait. favorite things is, and I think also my wife's, is to see people's faces yeah. <laughs> when they when they taste it first. So and know that we want to make it for a gift shop somewhere. somewhere. And, and nobody's. We've had inquiries from a lot of different places, but nobody's actually. Taking a chunk off of it, so yeah. But I'm not. I'm not putting no pressure. But once you taste it, I'm so taking. Let me know because right. we have. Can no we problem. start now? Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Pull them up. Pull them. Yeah, we got the. Wow. Do you have a recommendation for which one to try? Yeah. yeah. The white chocolate fan. That's not Zina. You are white. Well, I dark the chocolate. Are outstanding on the white chocolate. So, and lately we've been having a white chocolate problem. melting problem. <laughs> like the white chocolate won't melt. Now, we looked into it. So, this next batch that we're going to make. Now, this is made with early times bottled in bond. Now, the only reason it's made with early times bottling and bomb, you were talking about your cranberry you right? thing that you had on that drink. That yes, it, 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 it has those flavors. I've used that for um, wassail. You guys are familiar with wassail, oh, yeah. and so we would. And, oh my goodness! Yes, see, I, Wait just, a second. I love. What am I? This is the white filling. What is this? Oh, wow. oh my gosh! Roxy, <laughs> yes, Roxy. So this powdered sugar and some. And pecans that we soak for pecans that we this, soak for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. Weeks I think that was sixteen weeks. And the early times really there's certain bourbons that are better than others, but really just like for the basic. So maybe after the podcast we have to talk. <laughs> yeah, because we can but we, we I mean I I like where you guys are located because I don't because we don't add things to Preserve it. Yes, there's no preservatives in it. It's chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. We use a specific chocolate. We did a ton of research. And they, we, they would we, have to be hand-delivered. Yes, we, because I wouldn't want to ship them and have them melt or whatever. You know, there's a lot of stuff. But, but overall, once they make it, um, I, we always felt that in, in certain we could do smaller packs or whatever, they would just fly off the... And if you supply the bourbon, <laughs> it, it, it greatly reduces my cost. You know what I mean? We happen to have bourbon. We yeah. have. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, you could just—you wouldn't even have to bottle it; just send it up in bags. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're delicious! Delicious, oh, fantastic! Wow. wow. Yeah, we worked long and hard to perfect a recipe for. Wow. Yeah, it's cool that you started. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we both um, we we hand roll them, and I, it was I my it was my idea to do them, but it was her tweaking and her culinary thing, you know. And we can't just have regular old. And we get way better at it, you know. We can we can really get we can where it used to take us a you know a good. Six hours, we got it down to like three, you know, just as far as rolling and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, but I've gotten specific down to the ounce for ingredients. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you never want to take a good bourbon and ruin it, and you guys really respect the bourbon. This, These balls respect the bourbon. Believe it or not, good <laughs> bourbon. I've used French yeah. Lake, I've used other bourbons, mm-hmm. and good bourbon, they... It changes the actual overall Absolutely. flavor. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I'm i going to just, I'll be honest, the early times is a lower priced one for, you know, the base. And it just, the, you could taste the bourbon. But that's what, you know, we were down in Kentucky and we're both like, this sucks. It's not a bourbon ball. It's a candy. I, I mean, I could go buy candy. No anywhere. respect. You know, right. but then, but then you find out, but you also find out some of the people that are making them. 
to do it, and they're doing it themselves, okay? They don't have a liquor license. So what we wanted to do is partner with the distillery because you guys have a liquor license, and you can sell it all day long. You just got to make sure you're not selling it to children. You know, that's the key because that, that you have a couple of those, and I think you actually can get buzzed. So. All right, so so we're here, and I just want to. Can I have another one? Have as many. As yeah, we actually bought. We brought two boxes for you guys. That's good. We well, that'll be gone by the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what? What brought um, Roxy and myself here is that I was talking with Alan Bishop. And you guys had done um, a distillery talk with Alan and Christy, and I think it, I, there was, I want to, uh, it's not, my, names aren't my thing. It takes me a while to just, uh, Alan. Yes. Yes. See, it's not not there yet. Not there. <laughs> Rob. That's Kevin. No, Kevin no, no, no. Yes, Kevin. <laughs> okay, so so I have a worker named Kevin. So that's going to be the lad. It's hard to work with. Yeah, that but that Rob's so damn good looking. I'm good looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier. Yeah. There you go. Anyways, but uh, I was talking with Alan, and I said to him, I honestly said to him. What is the best spirit that you've tasted? Other than you know, he does what it is. What have you taken? Because you he he puts stuff out all the time. That he's like, thank you for this. Send it to me. This, and he's like, it's Liberty Pole. It's like you got to wow. get there. You got to talk because we had Jim, and he's doing something special there. And so I really respect Alan. I've moonshined with him. I've gone out into the backwoods, and he's done stuff and uh, been part of the Alan Bishop experience. So I really expect I respect him as a distiller, plus what he's doing and the stuff that I've tasted there. We've done a barrel pick there um, on the William Dalton Weeded, as you can tell. I absolutely love your readings. This, this in this glass. Oh my God, you guys! Now I do have to admit, uh, now that I've done this for so long, I can tell the difference between pot still and column still whiskey. Now. Really good column still whiskey, still is fantastic, but they have to do a lot more in maturation, in my opinion. And like Alan explains all the time, that he doesn't need a, a he can have a controlled, not outdoor rickhouse, because he doesn't need the barrel for the flavor as much. But then you guys have a great rickhouse back there, and you can combine the two to get the flavors, you know. Um, talk about now when you were you were and now that you're in your new facility and this facility is fantastic we had a tour right before just talk about what it's like you know setting up your own facility and then having all the vision come together and you it's it's fairly new right you was july when you moved in four months four months so now that you have some time to you know think back i mean just talk about what it's like to be able to do this well, you know, I, I'm glad we didn't do this on day one. You know, we had uh, we had over seven years of distilling in a in a, in a space that wasn't designed for distilling. So, so we kind of really understood how we could improve it and how we could make it efficient and how we could make it efficient. You know, really make it work for us. And, and that's the beauty of a, a new build is that we, you know. These guys were able to, these you know, kind of design this facility kind of for efficiency, uh, and and it's you know, and what do you think? It's working out. Uh, what do you think? It's it's our stride out. in four months, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say yeah, so. I'd say so. 
I'd say so. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really nice whenever you have an absolute blank slate to be able to pick where you want to put things and how you want your workflow to go. Um, and more importantly, is uh, from the old place we we know what parts of the workflow we really care about that equate to final flavor, right? And be able to preserve everything about that. So. After learning so much, and then now all I can tell you is I've been at a lot of different distilleries, and well, we're sitting here right now. You guys are fairly comfortable. Guys, I've seen, I've been in where I come in, uh, where there's something happening, and that comfort level's not quite there. Now I don't know if it's a we're on a Sunday morning and you guys are actually getting a chance to rest so it's like you're just like looking at me and going thank you for this because this is normally insane it's a good thing you weren't here yesterday (laughs) (laughs) but 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 I I do want to just circle back um you know, Alan is a very respected guy um, yeah. in, in the industry, and, and you know, I'm, I'm blown away to hear that he specifically told you to come here. Alan, thank you. Um, we're honored. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really cool that that really um, cool. You know, our, our you know word of us is is kind of getting out there. We, we've intentionally remained very hyper local for seven years. We're trying to get older whiskey, so we haven't really tested our dipped our toes in distribution. We're we're, we're staying really close to home. Uh, so. So thank you, Alan. That's uh, that's so that's a real honor to hear that that he talked to you. Well, and then you say you. that on one one breath, but what's back there? You know what we got right over there. It's like you know you're getting ready. It's like you're going to be. You want to be in distribution, but once again, what you're going to bring, to, what you want to bring to the market is some fantastic whiskey. And so far, stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Damn. Yeah. I, I'm so, I, I'm so, I just was like, I told her, I'm like, we got to figure out how I bring back as many of these bottles because it's going to be good. And she's like, you know, it's okay. And actually, the drive between Ohio and here on 30, oh my God. It's It's just, you're going through the, but it never gets too, like, uh, Maker's Mark ish. You know, you're never down one lane highways with two ways, you know, going. So it's like perfect where you're located. And then you are, I mean, I don't know what to say. I love, because I come from advertising, I come from a commercial art background. So we're driving through all these little towns and everything, and then we come to where you're at. And to a casino, like the Hollywood casino. I mean, for what, talk about people who want to spill out into the, you're next door. I mean, the, the Hollywood, and then what, there was a, there was a, one other. A Tanger outlet mall across the street. That's what I said. I said, I said to her, we got to go to the, I'm, it's been so long. I, and you guys saw my new bomber jacket, right? Yeah. I'm like, my first bomber jacket, and I was like, 
165 pounds at the time. I bought at Banana Republic, and it didn't fit. I'm like, let's just go there afterwards and just see what they got. Because they, the most they have is XL. You guys could shop there. But I can't. So, yeah. So, okay. So, let's talk about... Um, your, I mean, I what I'm blown away a little bit at. Okay, so you're now, I, you got the high ride there, the stuff that you're just getting ready to buy. So you want us to sample that? Absolutely. But you got the the two weeded I just tasted. So you've been doing weeded for a while, um, and then we I got we got the barrel thieved peated bourbon. I barrel thieved peated single malt. American single malt from whatever, but I never got to taste that that peated bourbon. And what I was really blown away at is I didn't get that earthy peat taste. I got a char smoke taste, which takes like that bourbon and just like you smoke the bourbon, not peated it and made it earthy. And and as I said before, it tastes like shit. <laughs> But, you know, so talk about why, how many different things you've got going and then with the new Rick House and what you got, how you're, you know, organizing those things and what you do on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, we have, I guess, right, guys, we have three major, four major skews. Three, corn is a, three. we do a, a weeded bourbon, a a, a straight rye and a, and a peated bourbon. Those are our, our three. And, and we... Over the course of the year, we dedicate about 25-30% of the year to each of those three main SKUs. Um, that gives us a little bit of time to experiment. And, you know, the, our, and, you know, our, you know, our ethos is to experiment and play, but, but only in the whiskey space. So, so uh, you, you mentioned the high rye bourbon. So um, we have a, a great, I think, backstory on that. You want to try that? Yeah. So, so, so as a proud Pennsylvania whiskey distillery, right? Rye is our heritage. It's Pennsylvania's whiskey. So we looked at, at how a lot of Kentucky distilleries produced rye, and it was a barely legal rye. It was 51% rye. So that offended us, we like to say. Um, age on this? That is, um, so that's, that's four summers. It's almost four years old. But we decided to turn the tables on, you know, the Kentucky rye and make a Pennsylvania bourbon. So this is 51% bloody butcher corn. So it's the bare minimum to be a bourbon with 40% rye. Uh, so, so it's a very high rye bourbon. Uh, we, we like to think it's a Pennsylvania bourbon because of that high rye content. And then talk about your barrel entry. So what do you, what do you pull it off the, like, when you, what do you pull your hearts off the still... I learned this just this week. We were talking about what, you know, because I put out the rules of bourbon. And what do you pull your hearts off at? And what do you put it, what do you put this in the barrel at? What's your barrel entry? Yeah, our, our hearts are normal. Yeah, our, our hearts are normally, so the aggregate proof. So I always tell people, if, we, if you start tasting off the still with us, every single minute as you go along, and, as you go along. Uh, I believe that the aggregate at the end of the day is ten times better than any individual better than any individual portion of that run. I don't even really know that well off the top of my head. I'll say one fifty. 
Uh, we start collecting around 150. and 10% then, under what you can. Yes, yeah. and then we'll run it down to a, a little bit under 90. Uh, but for us, we really track that aggregate proof uh, once the still run is done. And these days, we're right around 131 proof. 130 okay. and a half, 131. Okay. Um, so you're so technically what you're what you what you got to get to get to the one now. Yes. Now normally a lot of people put it in at 125. You know that's yes. the highest that yields the most. But yep. you guys are going in at we go into 108. Yep, and that's kind of been the sweet spot for us over the last couple of years. We've ranged from we were at 115 for a while. We've put in a couple at 103, 104. We're big fans of that like leather. We're big fans of that like leather soft oak flavor, um, and right around that 108 number is kind of where it's derived, uh, at least for us, the best. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the high rye. So, so this is the high rye. So this is a single barrel. We're naming this one uh, Barrel Candy because we get a whole lot of sweet tarts, a whole lot of sour patch kids. This is like candy. Yeah, yeah. This. Yep. That's right up there. That's right. What I was tasting off that ninety-five. I get the sweet tarts on the. I get finished. You like the finish? Because I pull a ton. <laughs> That's delicious. Thank you. That's exciting. Thank you. Cheers. I'm pulling. I get front palate. This is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. Front palate is caramel. It goes milk palate chocolate. But then it, instead of hot pepper, hot. It goes like you said, sweet tart, sweet tart, like a tartness, like a tart. And then what's really freaking cool? What's a what's a proof? This is one thirteen, I believe. In that ballpark. And I and I in that ballpark. And I and I so so if anybody wants, so it goes in at one oh eight and comes out at one thirteen. Yeah, we raise. So 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 just think about that. We're we're in Pennsylvania, and everybody talks about Kentucky, and they talk about and we're a little bit further north happening, but you still added that 108 to 113. And now I now where now honestly, where were you where were you aging? What part of the Rick House? So so this guy was aged before we had a Rick House. So the majority of this was aged at our old distillery. Just right in the distillery control. Yeah, and then we had a, we had an on site storage and an off site storage. And the majority of these saw Back corner of on-site storage. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so what I believe so, would be equivalent to like a first or second storage. So first or second storage. So aging with the humidity and not so much temperature change because it's on site, right? Yeah. I mean, I get when it's cold, but it still was on site, so there it wasn't like having it in a rickhouse where it gets freezing well, so and hot. So based on our both of our old storage sites. Our basement saw way bigger temperature fluctuations than our off-site did. Off-site was a bigger building that always kind of sat 
Same. Just about the same. Where just whenever we were working downstairs, we had a chiller that was on putting the heat out. We had a garage door that was open, letting cold in. So just based on the natural workflow. Uh, the normal, normal. We, we, that based on the natural workflow. Yeah, that we, we all go through, we, right? We would, we would cool that basement down big time and then turn the chiller on and heat it up big time. And the fact that that basement cycled so much was kind of the driving force behind. It's kind of the driving force behind putting up this rick house and letting it cycle we wanted to recreate that but just with the ability to store way more than what we could in that previous basement so i'm looking yeah. i'm looking forward to like now that that we've met you and and it's just the whatever but five years from now it's like come here and see what what because that's the one thing uh uh I've, I've met a lot of distillers, and I've let them off, a lot of people who have been in the industry forever. And Greg Schneider of Chicken Cock Whiskey, um, as a master distiller of that, he started, he's just got a history of everything. He gets into, like, the intricacies of distilling and what comes off and everything. And you guys are doing something similar to that. I would love for him to be able to taste what you're doing. But, you know, it's just, like, it's so much fun doing this. They're the variables are like off the charts. It's a whiskey playground. So what? So let's just get into really whiskey nerd shit, right? We're talking about yeast strain. How, what do you guys do for the? What are you using? How are you doing it? Yeah. So right now we use we use dry yeast from Wilderness Trail. Uh, we've been incredibly impressed. Fat iced. You can't go wrong. Yeah, we've been at, we've been incredibly impressed with the quality of this yeast. So that's yeah. We, it's a pretty standard. We've always used. We've always kind of called it ale yeast. I think a, a better term for it would be a more standard American distiller. More standard American distillers yeast. But for us, we're looking for the two things we like to do here. Is we really like to build flavor, right? And I always say if if we're giving tours here, um, between heating up and boiling in your cooker, you know, and then cooling down, uh, and then boiling in your still, separating out components, all that is meant to break down and lose flavor. And I feel like you really know what you're doing if you're able to put corn in rocks where it's cooked, fermented, distilled twice, fermented, distilled twice, and you're still able to taste what you made it out of. Right? To me, that's a step that I and then we we and, particularly love yeast that give us flavors on top of those grain flavors, those fruity, those florals. We had a uh, we had a uh, we had a bourbon out of Iron Root down in Texas that tastes like key lime pie. Right, and so we've internally started to refer to those as uh, as tertiary flavors. Right, so you got your primary, your corns, your oaks, your cinnamons, um, and if you're able to coax some of those you're tertiary so flavors, terrible. yeah, you're doing it. Yeah, Pennsylvania, and honestly. When it comes to Pennsylvania, when you talk about what's been happening in the Pennsylvania's like right now, coming online, you know, Kentucky started it. There's no doubt with all the writers and the in what history there it was started as far as this boom. Mm-hmm. But then as it comes out more and more, there's you got your Colorado whiskeys, you've got your Texas whiskeys, and you've got you know Wisconsin. I've been to Wisconsin. It's not so much, but they're there. Ohio's starting, but but now I mean, the, Alan told me straight up. He, he goes, you need to get to Pennsylvania, and I'm like, I'm going. Kentucky's five hours. Wisconsin's seven. I mean, my Ohio guys are good. You know, I'm doing that. But Pennsylvania's only two. And then I'm like, 
Well, you could drive to the other side of it. Yeah. Well, but, but yeah, but we all know the other side. That, that side's not. This is the good side. We're on the good we, side. We think so. But but I'll tell you, that's a great point. Indiana, um, too. Indiana. But, but Pennsylvania uh, is making some great whiskey. There is great whiskey being made all across the state. And you guys are honoring your history because, like we, I was telling my wife when we came down, we talked about that. The, the whiskey revolution Absolutely. was Pennsylvania. And whiskey was being, and she's like, why? Well, I'm like, it's so connected with New York. So when all the distillers were coming, they all moved this way and they went to Pennsylvania, not to Kentucky. The whiskey revolution drove them to Kentucky so that they could barter and trade. And that's where Kentucky really came into the, not that nobody, everybody was distilling everywhere. I mean, there's no doubt, but Pennsylvania had, there was a reason why they came to Pennsylvania for this revolution, because that's where it was strong. And then same thing, uh, dealing with Michter's. Uh, we just we just uh, tasted at the Bourbon Festival with Dan McKee and Andrea Wilson, um, a Michter's that was done in 1972 in a little carafe. And we tasted it with them there because Nash got it from them. And it was yeah, the Pennsylvania location, yeah, yeah. and it was fantastic. They loved it. They never exactly. tasted anything, you know, what like that. And yeah. it's the same thing. So when when Alan's like, "You gotta do Pennsylvania," I'm like, "Yeah, that's a lot closer." And I, like he said, he did tell me that this would be really good whiskey. You guys sent him the samples, and I have to agree because I I know Alan's palate. It's similar. And I love pot still, and you guys got this pot still at a level that's yeah. fantastic. Well, this this Thank rye you. that we just tasted, this rye that we just tasted is high red bourbon, very complex. Bourbon. You, know, you don't have those Nine like, you don't have those like overwhelming rye notes that sort of turned me off. But the finish on it, a lot of that candy sweetness, but sort of like a honeydew melon or a little bit of, um, you know, some floral. Also interesting, right? First you sniff it and you get a wonderful, you know, bouquet. Here's a question. And then those great sweet notes on the finish, so very enjoyable. Question. I've always been these proof hogs. People who love high proof. Don't you feel don't. They burn their taste buds completely out, <laughs> and they can't they taste, taste anything. anything and when they hit that high proof, they actually taste. And so, you know, I respect somebody who can get flavors from a uh, 80 proof bourbon. And you know, I, I just mean you grew up in the 80s and uh, whatever. 80 proof bourbon was considered a high oh, proof. Oh, you know, yeah. you talk to I talked to um, Fred No, and you talked to Jimmy Russell. And, and uh, you hear what Elmer T. Lee said. They didn't expect anybody to drink it barrel proof. They said, you get it, proof it down yourself, and drink it what you think is the best way. They did not ever foresee this part of what's happening in the whiskey industry. That's like if we pull a single barrel, whenever we're sitting there, because the, the stuff that gets blended it always goes down to 92. That's kind of our standard proof. Um, whatever. Uh, 
determining whether or not to leave it at barrel proof or proof it down. Most of the time it's at barrel proof, but I feel like our opinion here at Liberty Pole is that at the higher proofs, um, those like predominant two to three flavors are strong and are strong and I won't say overwhelming, very whelming in a very good way. And then as you proof it down, you get more flavors. But you also start to water down some of those top three flavors. So it just, but, it just, it just but there's a balance and a really good. And the fact that he's saying that should make you like really proud, because there is a balance as a distiller. And I, look, palates are everything. You can produce the best distillate ever and be perfect if you don't understand the market and you don't understand the different sects of whiskey drinkers you have to decide where you're going I mean I'm just going to tell you Rebel 100 is a great whiskey if you're going to be at a at a concert and you want to get bombed it's it's got it's got a one singular flavor it's got enough proof and it's a party whiskey there's all different types but if you don't understand that as a distiller then it's hard to run a distillery but also all the great distillers know as they come down It'll hit a sweet spot, and they'll know when it goes to the next level, it went away, that's where it should go. And and that's when you get all that complexity. Water, I mean, every single distillery tour you go on, get the little dropper, they say, drop it in, see how much it opens it up. But, convince the general public that's a real thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think you know that's the beauty of our, our entry proof. You know, one oh seven, one oh eight. Even when we produce our core skews, ninety two proof, we're not adding we're an incredible amount of water. If we went in at one twenty five and tried to get that down to ninety two proof, we would have to add so much water that we're really reducing well, the, the impact. Water, of, then the then the water has to be at a level. I mean, you just don't that much water that 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 can affect the taste, like you said. Sure. Right? So so we're not diluting a great deal. Um, we're we're ne- you know our entry proof and our climate. We're never gonna hit those hazmat levels. We're never gonna bottle a one thirty five proof whiskey. It's just not gonna happen with our entry proof. You just add, uh, you just nailed it. Look at he just said. So 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 wait wait wait. So now he's going. Okay. Ta- he's like I'm gonna take it off at one twenty. I'm gonna take it off at one sixty. I'm gonna put it at one twenty five and I'm gonna put it on the top shelf and let's see. Okay maybe we've had a couple of sneaky high barrels that spike, but probably not 135. I'd, I'd agree yeah. with that. Yeah. You mean, I mean, hazmat but, is 140. Yeah. So, you know, that's that. There's your challenge yeah. for the next 20 years. Yeah. 140. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. But you know, it, it's funny. You talk about. Yeah. You talk about consumers, though. And, I mean, we see it. I mean, you know, they're, they're across the spectrum. You know, people that think 92 is too high, and that's our lowest proof. Um, so, you know, to, to have but the single the general, barrels. But 92 is too high, your lowest price. That's the general drinking public that thinks 90. I mean, you can so you've got these great people up here who are like sitting there at all those barrels, but they're like, they're like 5% of the market, which 5% of the market for you guys is a huge part of the market. But, but what I really love, what you guys are talking about, and I can't wait till we're finished, and Ellen here makes me a cocktail because cocktails, bourbon cocktails. That to me, they've been dragging behind 
But they're they're now right starting the last year or two. They're starting to get their due, where they're just going straight forward into the mass market. And you guys have to see that here because people are excited about the bourbon cocktail. So you talk about your bourbon cocktail. She's the best. I think she's, she's the, the best. I think she's the best anyone around. You did. I think when you are a whiskey distiller. I, I thought it would be easy. I would just call bartenders and I would ask them for recipes. And come to find out that whiskey was really not, people do not drink it in cocktails. That a bartender knows everything about tequila and rum cocktails and vodka cocktails. But when you say, so what's a bourbon cocktail? They go, well, Manhattans are great. I, okay, I know that. So, so old fashions Manhattans, and then it was what the hell, right? And I have to say, I had the privilege of meeting David Wondrich, who, as I've read his book about the history of of, uh, whiskey cocktails and all cocktails, and um, when I met with him, he said the one thing that you need to do as a whiskey cocktail crafter. You have to remember that the whiskey has the characteristics that vodka will never have, that rum will never have. So you just respond to whatever it is in the whiskey and add something that augments the flavor of that whiskey. For me, it's been seasonal, so I know that apple cider is available in the fall. So we try to do something with apple cider in the fall. And I've seen it happen over the last eight years that we've been trying to develop cocktails. I've seen bartenders begin to come on board with this, too. You see it, with, especially with our corn whiskey. Corn whiskey is beginning to replace rum. And I love rum in a good rum cocktail. You should have been a pirate. <laughs> but I find that you take that rum cocktail and you modify it with corn whiskey, and there's a little bit more characteristic in it. So you can make a mojito? We do. Corn whiskey? Well, we... <laughs> I'm all on board for that. <laughs> we have the... Our, one of our famous cocktails is the... Mingo Rita. We do a Mingo Rita. That is, and Rob will pull the rye right off the uh, still. And our rye coming off the still tastes a lot like silver tequila, white tequila. Close enough. There's there's grape. Right. So we're able to take that and mix that with a lime and a beautiful flavor. I'm, I'm on. Yeah. You mean the bourbon? I mean, whether it's corn whiskey or not, it's still bourbon, right? Yeah. Or did you age it and use barrels? So I think what you have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think what we've done here. I mean, I thank you, boys, for your compliments. But I think what we've done here is just try to make it so that the whiskey tastes good. So on a Monday morning. It is very common for me to come into work knowing that I'm preparing. We switch out four seasonal cocktails every month, and it's very common for me to come in here and try a new cocktail and have the boys taste it. Are you getting the whiskey? How is it coming forward? And I always believe that when a customer says to me, I can't get this cocktail anywhere else, it means that they have learned to appreciate our whiskey. So, so what I see coming, what I see, and this is it's the used barrel it's so so you just poured me some corn whiskey it's what what's the 100 percent or is it 99 90 90 10 90 10 with barley barley right and that helps with the fermentation 100 percent i get that 
So, I've had mellow corn. This isn't in the. This is this not mellow corn. Mellow corn, you can taste the, the living shit out of the mellow. Now, how long is this? How long has your corn whiskey been aged? Uh, that's between three and four uh, years. Used barrels. Used barrels. So there's an aspect. So, so a cool thing. Um, I don't know if you guys know Turner Wathen out of Louisville, but he is the nephew of Charles Wathen of Wathen, and he didn't want to do whiskey. So he's going to be on our podcast on Tuesday. And he basically decided he's been buying rum, four square rum in Barbados, aged with rum, and then putting it in high end whiskey barrels. But he doesn't, it, it, it's like, you know how when you put a whiskey in a finishing barrel and you want to still have the whiskey, you just want to finish it and you can't go too long? Well, he's taking those rum barrels and going too long in the whiskey barrels. So the whiskey takes over the rum aspect, but he's got them in Pappy Barrels, Weller, Woodford Double O, and it's it's like, for instance, rum, I love rum. I, before I was into whiskey, I always say I would, would have been a great pirate because I can drink a whole bottle of Bacardi Lyman rum in the night, and the next morning, I never have a problem. Whiskey's not the same. If you go too much on one way or another, the next day is, it, I've learned now, really good whiskey, like what you're doing, aged and everything, you know, you, that's a different story, but but that's what he does. And this this right here is on the level of what he's doing, because as far as a corn whiskey, I'm not, I don't taste the yellow corn taste to it. I taste a, a little bit. Enough to give right, sweetness. but it's the yeah. bourbon aspect of the yeah. corn yeah. that you're picking. So, so you made a comment earlier about you know, flavoring grains and and um, you know that's so ninety that's yeah. ninety percent bloody butcher corn. That's the other thing I don't think we've really talked about. Do you yet, grow it? We know, you know, but we get it from a Pennsylvania farm. Yeah, Nevada does. That's um, his yeah, first Nevada. name. His yeah. literal first name is Nevada. Nevada. Nevada means he's, uh, he's, he's in, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Just, just oh, like yeah, everybody's saying, they go Nevada. Are we going gambling? No, wait, we could go down the street yeah. and go gambling. Yeah. Pennsylvania farmer named Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. Who's good who's, friend? Who's, who has a good buddy named Austin? My head spins when they come. Like, wait. And they drive in here and they unload, and then they sleep here on the couch. <laughs> but you actually, yeah, because, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They want to taste what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. right. But, that's exactly. you know, so, so bloody butcher corn. If you've never had bourbon or whiskey made from bloody butcher, it's a heritage grain. It's it is very flavorful. It's it's earthy. It's but oily. if you don't know what you're doing, you can make it taste like shit. Absolutely. It's it's a it is a, a, a balance that you have to know because. I've had Bloody Butcher corn from other distilleries and not been a fan. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, no, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Alan said a similar thing. Um, no. It's hard yeah. to... I'm not... I've never, say. ever yeah. named the distillery. I'm not mean. Uh, and, and it's uh, just you. like... Uh, it's just so... When Alan was talking, like you said, yeah. I knew when I came here I would love your stuff, and I do, so keep talking. No, but just, just you know, I mean, our weeded bourbon, right? Wheat is typically referred to as the flavoring grain, Right, because it's corn. The, the right, corn that it, you know, number two, dent corn, you know, has no flavor. Right, so so rye or wheat in a bourbon tend you know, they're called the flavoring grain. Right, um, 
We think our bloody um, butchers are flavored. We think right. You know, the wheat and the rye, or you know, the wheat and the rye adjuncts, they're additives. They're additives. I like think of our wheat bourbons. The wheat is more of a palate. The wheat grain, right? Softens that bourbon up a little bit. But I think always our our bourbons and our corn whiskeys, the bloody butcher is the star of the show, and that's what that's what we want. We want to, that's what, as Rob said, we want to push those flavors through into the distillate. Oh, I just got the. It got the finish. It was there and it was gone. It's fruity. Yeah. Yeah. It's fruity. Okay. We, are, we are intrigued. Yeah. We, are, we are intrigued. <laughs> okay. well, as, as, just like you guys understand, it's like Scotch and Irish whiskey. They've been doing this for, you could, you could take Scotch back to like 1,400 years, but let's just say 800 to be when it was consistent throughout. And we're only talking a couple, two, three, two fifty, three hundred for for whiskey. But when you're talking about bourbon, when it was actually defined, was probably right before or after prohibition, because you there was so much whiskey, even though the barrel. So it had to be new oak barrels. That was 1964 that it had to be new. Before that, you could use a used oak barrel that had pickles in it and then you char it and then it would be fine and that would be bourbon it was coming out of bourbon kentucky then it went down to bourbon street there's a whole min- there's so many different things but at the same time the new when they they i mean you have to give that congress credit because we live in canton ohio if congress would have said vacuums being made by Hoover had to be made in Canton, Ohio, there'd still be a Hoover vacuum company there. The fact that they said bourbon had to be made in the USA, they saved the industry. Otherwise, we'd be drinking Chinese bourbon right now. It's just that simple. It's not that good. I didn't say it. No, it would be shit. But you know what I mean? We, but, but people would drink it. I mean, all I got to say is Barton's goes to Costco. I mean that that in itself, you know. Then half the people are like, "Well, that's 1792." I'm like, "Why would they? Why would they sell it for 18 dollars when they're selling it for 36 dollars on the shelf? Why would they take a hit like that? They wouldn't. They had other distillate, and they said. But at the same time, that's not what bourbon drinkers. I mean, your history of Pennsylvania and what you have here. I love history. When I sit down on my back porch and I have a fire. I don't want to drink a Costco bourbon because I got a deal. I'm willing to pay a little bit because you guys have taken the time and effort to put so much into this. Your souls are in it. I mean, I'm an artist. I understand when I do a painting, well, distilling similar to doing art because there's so much in it. And you guys know when it's not, we trust you when it's, when you do something and it didn't go right that you're going to do what you need to do to make it so that it, it's good. I mean, but not every single barrel is good. I mean, I know that. You know, we've, we've got a distillery, in, I'm not going to say in Ohio, that wasn't producing very good stuff, but they were really good at marketing. And then they got a really good team. And then all of a sudden their stuff got really good. Same distillate, good team, good people. And then they got rid of the team and sold, and it's just back to being okay. Yeah. So you guys, you know, what you do, and I'm so happy that you guys have them. 
So, so he's married. You got kids? We both do, actually. There's 19 days apart. One year old daughter, both of us do. <laughs> so, palate testers. So, what do you guys have? Uh, so, what coming up in the future? Where do you, do you have things in the works or in the work? In terms of whiskey, in terms of whiskey, yeah. I mean, I think, I think everything. Yeah, Marky is keep focusing on making good whiskey. Focusing on making good whiskey. I think, I think that it. Well, go ahead. Yeah, the, the big thing for us is um, we want to keep fantastic whiskey at forty-five to fifty dollars a bottle that people can get used to drinking, and we want to become drinking, and we want to become everyday drinking whiskey for the people. That's kind of the yeah, that's kind of the goal of the next five years. So, and, and in the meantime, keep so, and, and in the meantime, keep rolling the single barrel train because we have so much fun doing we'll that. We'll probably so, never stop that. But we'll, we'll probably never stop that. Well, that, okay, so your guys' brains, that I'll, I'm going to disagree. I love the fact that you want to be in Pennsylvania, but yeah. this doesn't belong just in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I, okay, it, so the first place, I'll introduce you to the right people, yeah. the next door neighbor, Ohio. <laughs> we'll Ohio first, the fourth largest bourbon market. Get in there yeah. because they do a good job in yeah. HLQ. And yeah. I mean, they, I know people in OHLQ. Yeah. And yeah. They, 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 so they did some, they switched state from being something negative to being a positive yes. there. They've done a, you know, Jim, and I know Ann Dimmick, and good things, and, and they've done things because they love bourbon, and uh, the first thing I'll do is tell... Yeah, they make some great single, you know, single barrels and barrels. I heard you talking about the yeah, yeah. picks on yeah. one of your recent podcasts. They did a rabbit hole pick, and then the team that went down picked great barrels, but they didn't realize what the price would be for Cave Hill single barrel. And it's like, now it just sits there, and I really want to taste it. I know it's good, uh, it's but at $159, when I can, when I love the Cave Hill at 69 or yeah. 71 or whatever, yeah, right, yeah. I just like... Yeah. You, you, you do realize it's not that much better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we just poured for you um, our uh, straight rye, uh, straight rye. Um, it's four years old. Um, so we got to do that. So th we're going to call this one. You know, we name all of our single barrels. So we're going to call this one the grapes so of rye. Call it because we think there's a, a real, we think great, there's a, a kind of flavor note that comes through And talk about it. that, because I really do think that's, no, take it. I really do think what, what so sometimes your palate picks, now the corn on that last sip, I got the corn on the, on the corn whiskey. That was, where's, I just needed butter. Yeah. yeah. On that last oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so before drinking it, I was getting subtleties, but then I got that finish. Like it just, I. So do you guys find sometimes, like when you're sipping whiskey, it's one thing, but if you take a full swallow, it's another thing. If you do the Kentucky Chew, it's another thing. I mean, so how do you guys judge it when you're like getting something ready to to bottle? I think by uh, I think by uh, my favorite rock, rock. By, the, by the masses we vote yeah we, we vote all of you yeah 
Yeah, you're involved too. Oh, <laughs> no, you're. <laughs> Wait, well, she's got that refined. She's you know, the head head. She, she, her vote counts twice. I've also learned, to be honest with you, that I cannot even make a facial expression if the boys freak out. <laughs> Mom, what are you doing? I can tell by the way you're looking at this that you're not happy with it. So I have to say that you have to be very stoic the whole time you're tasting whiskey here. But I do think it's fair. We talked about this in the Barrel House, that what I think is amazing is that every individual human being has what they like and what they can taste. And the Huffs have developed a flavor. Rob will say, Mom's going to like this barrel, or she's not going to like this barrel. Dad's going to like this barrel, or he's not going to like this barrel. And it really it really assures the customer that when you're buying Liberty Pole, you're getting these very unique flavors. That's Liberty Pole from bottle one to bottle ten to four years from now. My basic peated bourbon at 92 proof is going to taste the same across the board because we've learned each other's flavors when we find this individual barrel that we really truly enjoy i think the customers have come to trust us that it is something that all four of us have agreed on that we think is absolutely amazing so i i i when you i think we have to trust not only us, but we have to believe that the consumer's way more educated than they've ever been before, and they know what they're drinking, and we appreciate that because they appreciate our art. Well, they appreciate all, the art. All people know what they like, okay? Exactly. So you guys started eight years ago, right? I didn't get why you started yet. I mean, we could cover that just to, to finish up, but let's let's just talk about eight years ago. That was not... You understood that... You probably were at a level of what, where you wanted to be consistent. And what she just described is how the whiskey palette has evolved and the, the industry has evolved. Where now we haven't, I don't, I, I wanted to ask you also, do you finish whiskey in barrels or yes? Okay, so that's one thing. Whereas eight years ago, you finish a whiskey in a barrel and they tell you to shove it up your ass, that's not bourbon. Right? Eight, I mean, I even know four years. We're in our fifth season. Four years ago, I, I tasted a, a finished bourbon, and I had, like, hundreds of people telling me that finished bourbon isn't bourbon, and what the hell are you doing? It's your, you know, it's like someone... Now finished bourbon is sought after and everything. But also, eight years ago, consistency. It, you know, I come from the advertising industry. And there's a certain thing where and then you would retouch an airbrush on photos. That was a hard thing to do to make these special effects. And you'd try and do it the best you could. Then when the computer came in, all of a sudden you could do it. And once you got done doing it, they didn't want to do it anymore. But, like you said, talk about how where you started and what you were thinking to where you are now. So... Consistency has always been a goal of ours. You know, the worst thing for a small distillery is somebody comes in and they buy batch two of your bourbon and they love it, and they come back six months later. They come back batch six, and it's completely different, and they hate it. So, so we've always so tried. We have what we call a house flavor profile, and we know what that is. Um, but as a small distiller. You know, we're we're blending we're three, four, maybe five barrels 
it's very you know small blends. Um, you know, small, and so it's harder to achieve so harder consistency with, with that small number of barrels. So so we've realized that, and and our our goal is it may not taste exactly like the prior batch. But as long as it's a little bit better, but it's on profile, right? On profile Correct. and better, and, and better, better is, and better, and yeah, better. As you get more yeah. aged stuff, it does get better, yeah. right? Yeah. Form yeah. Of consistency yeah. we've been able to achieve yeah. is consistent improvement. Yeah. 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 Yes, that's but that being yeah. said, it's all predictable, right? There's but there's always someone, right? Right? I mean, there's just no way that you, you're getting better, and that guy's like. That's not what I tasted yeah, last time. Yeah, that last one had more oak. <laughs> yeah, it's less It was a completely different barrel size. I will say, so, yeah, uh, we tasted like, like eight different things so far today. Yeah. Total, yeah. some total. Yeah. And yeah. you can, if you can, if, if you were to taste it in a short amount of time. You can taste that consistent flavor. You can taste that consistent flavor. There's definitely a house profile that is formed. There's a house, even in the higher rise of the You guys have a Pennsylvania. Even in the smoky, peated bourbon, you can still taste that kind of. And it is very much a pot still. So this was the rye, right? It is there, so you've successfully done that. So this is like. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is minty. Flavor profile that. Flavor profile that. Just, I think you yeah. can't yeah. succeed if you don't. Yeah. Consumers are way too smart. Well, you why can't you guys? Uh, I always. Not other places yeah. where we've tried four barrels, and I've been like, well, those couldn't be more different than if they came from opposite sides of the globe. Right. Yeah. But, but you guys aren't <laughs> trying okay to. Okay, if you want. You don't to want to be Kentucky bourbon. Oh no, absolutely. It's like that's not what you're looking for. I mean, you, I respect the shit out of Kentucky bourbon. It's good. Absolutely. But that's not what this is. This is about you guys having. This is what what the, the whiskey drinker. But you know, in the end, if you want the ultimate goal of whiskey, you got good taste, good flavor, but everybody's looking for, you know, feeling good. It, it all, it, it does that. I can tell you I'm feeling good right now. Thank you. Thank you. Very healthy for you. You know, I, I think that house profile, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of the, you know, the, the distilleries that, that I respect also have it. I mean, my, off the top of my head, Balconies, um, Texas whiskey. I love Balconies. I love their single malts. I love their Texas bourbon. But I think every Balconies that I've tried, I, I could almost tell you blind that that's a Balconies. If I didn't know it, there's something about their whiskey, and, and I think we have a similar have a similar. It's fun to be able to pick out different, as you keep going into this, to pick out different you know, flavor profile. When I was doing my um, uh, bourbon stewardship at uh, uh, Whiskey University in Lexington, and uh, Moonshine University, sorry, right, um, they, they did a blind... And I instantly knew it was Old Forester. Yeah. And I actually got in trouble for blurting out that Banana. it was Old Forester, that's 100, that's bourbon one, that's 1910, and that's 1920. And there, she's like, did I ask you to, to say something? And it was, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I got mad. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing that I love, the fact that you can start to pick up flavor profiles. But, that, but once again, that just shows why you guys are doing some really good things are in whiskey. 
And it's really fun from my standpoint to have someone come in and go, this was our favorite single barrel. But really, I like this year of the 92, or uh, not 92, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we like this this particular peated bourbon, and it's really fun to hear the consumer love us and love certain years. So, well, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, to, but see, to have favorites, there's no doubt. I mean, it's the same thing. Is it any different than scotch? Or I, you know, people. That's what I think is the ultimate. Or wine. I mean, there's there's great years for wine, wine. and people don't understand. There's great years for corn. There's some years the corn doesn't do as well. The crop is not as plentiful, and people don't just quite understand. You guys, what you can, what you're distilling, they all think you're trying to distill out that, but that's vodka. That's that's the rum aspect. Getting that flavor, you know, you're eliminating the flavor. Whiskey is all about. As Alan Bishop says, respect the grain, Push and and you know, you know, and then, and then you guys, the balance is is to keep that grain flavor, but also pull the barrel flavor in, opposed to what Kentucky loves to do is just bring that barrel flavor in, you know. And there's reasons why, because you know it's it's column stilled, and there's a lot of stuff that they got to get out, and that sweet spot once they get that stuff out, it just gets better and better as you go further. So, all right. Yeah, and I'm a single barrel lover. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's only one barrel. That's it. I am with you. I, I do. I'm like, that's give me variety and all. And all my best friends sitting around drinking that special barrel. I'll never have it again. Yeah, that's like we try not to get too gimmicky with naming single barrels because we don't want to like drive that. You know, like we don't want to beat that horse to death. But at the same time, people really appreciate the insider. Hey, we've had our eye on this barrel for two and a half years, and this has been our predominant thoughts on it. And we kind of want to guide you along the same journey that we've had uh, with that particular single barrel. Uh, with that particular single barrel. That with the single barrels. I mean, as an artist, okay, I, and, and as a podcaster, when I do something um, where I start editing video and putting video, by the time I'm finished, I feel like I'm old. It's old. Like it might take three, four months to put it out, and you know, you the festival or where you're at, you were there three, four months ago, and you put it out, and it's like old as hell to you you know what I mean but the, but the people watching it it's brand new maybe ours are rushed a little too much we're like, we're like so it's not oh my god so it's, it never gets old where you got it it's awesome let's get it in the but he's right. He's right again. Yes, well, yes, most definitely, though. And particularly, we have one, though. We did a single barrel that we named Pecan High like three years ago. And it has been an absolute cult favorite. Uh, and, and, this is probably, uh, and, and this is probably the first time that I'll say this out loud is um, amongst the staff here, it is far from one of our favorites. The customers love it. If you can, have, if you could, please find another. We have no, we have no. So we were moving from the old place to the new place, and I opened a bottle of mesquite rye that we had, thinking I just had six bottles of that and I found three bottles of that pecan pie and people are clamoring I think we're going to donate it to charity they are clamoring to get their hands on this one barrel that tasted like a pie and everyone wants to know what flavor did you put in it it was a small barrel it just it was just the wood all right, he's pouring one. I got one more clean yeah. glass here, and this this is actually my favorite whiskey. That's really dark I, I, compared 
and I, I, I think I'm the only one in the family that, that would classify this as their favorite. It's a uh, mesquite rye. I'll be interested in hearing your flavor, how you like it. So again, it. this is part of our ethos, yeah. right? Experimentation. So, um, so we like smoke. We like peat. We like smoke. We, we got our hands on some mesquite. We, we got smoked malt. And yeah, 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 yeah. There's some spice on that. Yeah, just on some the nose. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I'm I'm smoking on a barbecue. Yeah, there's even a there's even a Cajun. It's not super and, and overpowering. This is the only time we've kind of released it. We we had one release. We have more in barrels over there, but um. We, but it has it my out. favorite we, long finish. We yes, put it out in March, right, when people were starting to think about outdoor barbecues. And um, it's just a really it's just a, Right, right. Yeah, right so now happens. I know why you like Balconies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a Balcon... That's a yeah, Texas yeah. freaking yeah. bourbon right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a so, long finish. You got any bottles of that left? We don't. But it's coming out. When's it coming out again? When it comes out again, yeah. we're coming up because so this is. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm smoking a brisket, I, I want to drink just, that. Tiny, it's one of those barrels that's on the fifth floor. You got Cajun shit going on there, and you've got. You got all sorts of interesting. You got paprika. I, I, I haven't said paprika. I, I haven't said paprika. Oh my god, you should call this. It's a bourbon, right? No, it's a rye. It's a, it's a rye. It's a rye. You could. You should call this the rye. Paprika. No, 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 no. Paprika. You gotta. You gotta include the meat smoker. Just call it meat smoker rye. Yeah. Meat smoker rye, because that is exactly what I want to taste when I'm. Uh, because I run. I, my smoker is. Is I use. I gotta watch it the whole time. I don't yeah, use pellets. You have an offset. I've got a, a Smoky Joe. It's a. It's just. It's whatever. And it's great. I set up it. It set it up. But you gotta watch it. You gotta add one time. And I love the smoke. It's like running a still. Yeah, that's why I don't like pellet smokers because it's not like running a still. You just like you can just do it and it adds the pellets and it keeps the flavor. I do like to watch. Because that day that I spend that five, six hours out there, I'm doing yard work, I'm doing other things, watching the grandkids. The whole time you're just getting this smoke flavor. Just yep, yep. And then in the end, the reward is great. And you know what? If you don't light it on fire. This is the. <laughs> but that, I, I wanted you to try that because I said I checked it at four and a half hours, right? It was coming up to five. I checked, the, I checked it. And then at five hours, it was completely gone. Like it started on fire in the tinfoil. There was no fire. It just started because it was called a drunken, a drunken brisket, which had. I had poured beer in. So the alcohol eventually. Between four, four and a half hours and five hours, started on fire. 
It was really good for about this, this much. Every I peeled off all of it, and there was enough for one, like, her to have a serving and me to have a serving. It was delicious. We can turn this into a barbecue podcast yeah. if you want. Do you guys smoke meat? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, they're huge. So, same thing. Freddie and Fred, I'll go over there, and Freddie loves just... One time we were doing a podcast with Sandy, and he's smoking sausages. They bring them in and put them in the oven, the last little part, and the whole place smelled so good, I was dying yeah you know I think um, I think what we're leaving out here is it's getting long now we're leaving out here is Jim smoking meat on the smoker and I grab a glass of Chardonnay and I walk out onto the deck and I go what are you smoking Jim this is this in that glass it starts out here when you smell it you get those grapey notes at the beginning that we have with our rye that's so beautiful and you get this grapey note, and then you taste it, and it's like you're standing there next to Jim, smoking meat, and tasting it, and the, the wine, and the smoke, and the meat. Thank you. And then, as you say, and then as you say, you finish it with this gorgeous piece of meat, with this gorgeous taste that is all in this glass. It is all in that glass, that moment. No, it should come. Of realizing. I mean, seriously, I named it Meat Smoker Rye. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, Cheers. Really, my taste. You could be a cousin. You might be because we're. I would. Semi close in where we live. From Ohio. We're from Ohio. We're close. Must be cousins. We must be cousins. We're originally from Ohio. Marion. Marion. Okay. Marion. His mom was born and raised in Kansas. Yeah. Yep. So I have to say, you know, when they say Ohio is the fourth largest bourbon buying state, I have to say, well, of course. What did you expect? We know well, that that we know that, <laughs> that triangle between Cincinnati, yeah. Dayton, and Columbus. Is, is where it all so is I'm in Canton. Cle- there, OHLQ is now concentrating on Cleveland. Cleveland is not a big bourbon drinking area. Canton is where it kind of starts. But I can walk around Canton all day long, and nobody knows who the hell I am. I go to Springfield or to or Springfield. or Columbus, and they know me. That's how big Bourbon is in those. And then and then you got Cincinnati, which is basically Remus's town. I mean, yeah. and they got then you go to across to Covington, and God, Covington is fantastic. If you guys get a chance to get down to Covington, Brad Bonds does revival, and all he does all day long is Dusties. He goes around and picks up all the Dusties. At his place, every I couldn't believe it. I walked in. He knew who we were. It's like he's got fifty thousand people on people following him on Facebook, and all he did was just start pouring me, you know, nineteen forty Stitzelweller, um, old turkey before it was old turkey, and I'm like, well, how much? He's like, no, dude, you're here. <laughs> I mean, that's what bourbon's about, right? People come and taste your bourbon and just love. I totally agree. I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, thank you. Guys. Yeah. Don't be strangers. Don't be strangers. Well, two hours. Two hours is easy. Oh, yeah. We won't be. <laughs> I hear about a good release. We're coming down. <laughs> and we'll save some for you. That's be an great. honor. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for watching on Facebook. Um, and uh, we're the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Uh, www.scotchybourbonboys.com. Come down and check out Mingo Creek 
Distillery, uh, uh, Liberty Spirit, Liberty Pole Spirit, uh, fantastic uh, whiskey that uh, rise. Uh, bourbon, uh, peated bourbon, bourbons, uh, everything we've tasted has been spectacular. Uh, and then make sure that you follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, or X, 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 and then also um, all the major podcast formats, uh, YouTube also. And uh, remember, good bourbon equals good times, good friends. Uh, I think that we started some good friendship here, and it was all around bourbon and bourbon balls. I was going to say, pass the bourbon balls. Yeah, yeah, there's, they're, they're there. And then... Um, Make sure that you live your life dangerously. Little Stevo is going to take us out. Just a sample, you can try all four. I'm all for it. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts.